Hey, Kevin Draves here with The Howl for Diamond Box Bluetooth Speakers. I got to tell you, I play basketball at the gym down the road for me all the time. And sometimes I go late at night. I bring my Diamond Box. And now they're introducing three new systems. The new L2, XL2, and M2 all feature stereo sound by themselves or split stereo sound with wireless syncing of two units for a live sound experience. Loud enough for any environment. And I kid you not, you could play this at low volume and you'll hear it in any room of your house. This is the most powerful Bluetooth boombox speaker on the market today. Check them out on Twitter at Diamond Box Co. That's box with two X's, Diamond Box Co. Tonight, you folks at home and we here in the Coliseum will watch history in the making. The first game ever for the Minnesota Timberwolves. Happy 2019 from the den. It may be a new year, but you are still listening to the best in the world, The Howl. We would like to welcome you if this is your first time or if you're a regular listener to the Nothing But Net channel here on Dash Radio. Nothing But Net is a channel like no other featuring all teams and all topics from everybody's favorite sport, basketball. The Howl is brought to you by our wonderful supporting partners, Rhymesayers Entertainment, the pinnacle of underground hip-hop worldwide, Studio 23, where passion reigns supreme, Isabel Street Heat, adding a bit of spice into your everyday life. All audio equipment on The Howl is brought to you by Rode Microphones, studio quality with easy accessibility since 1973. Quarter one of The Howl here on Dash Radio's Another Minute channel. This is our preview and review segment. We're going to take a look at the Wolves week that was and a quick peek ahead uh, to the upcoming schedule. So, Rob, first game that the Wolves had was a week ago Monday where they took on the Detroit Pistons in Detroit. Now, this was the return for Blake Griffin, who had missed the uh, beginning of the season, his first game back. Wolves trying to spoil the Blake Griffin return. Yeah, it's an, it's one of those teams that we te- we seem to struggle with quite a bit. And I think going into that game, I think we had lost uh, a however many in a row, I believe, against the Pistons. In fact, 
I remember recently, in the last few years, I should say, we had a game where we had a pretty sizable lead that we blew, I think, yep. against the Pistons. So that's a team that we've struggled with. This was also the, the Wolves' first game against Derrick Rose. Since true. he left the team. That is true. Derrick Rose, uh, shocker, has been injured for uh, large parts of this season. A, so you're not getting consistency. Yeah, he only had a played, super, super quiet night. Only played 19 minutes in the game. It's funny. He started the first half. The second half, he did not start. I don't remember if it was because he was injured or what the circumstance was there, but someone else actually got the start in that second half. Uh, the one guy I want to touch on in this game, I'm not going to say surprising, but uh, but kind of, is Luke Kennard was fantastic. Yeah, he was. The guy could not miss. Uh, ultimately, um, from the three-point line, four of nine. I was, I was actually surprised when the game was over. It felt like it was more than that. Yep. I mean, hit well, some great shots. Wasn't this the, the Wolves game, too, where they started the first quarter like seven of eight from three, and Lehman made that ridiculous yep. three-pointer yep. with like a hand in his face and it at was, the shot clock And it was coming away. off the game where we had shot like 12% from three. Yeah, we, yeah and that was, I think that was the most surprising thing. I think I tweeted about this while it was happening, but that, I think that was the most surprising thing is the Wolves were so terrible from three-point land uh in that in that game prior and then they went ahead and continued to shoot really well and i think that's that's one of the great things for me is they weren't afraid to shoot in this game against against detroit so the game before was the denver game and we shot six of 45 i mean yeah eight of 10 from three in the first and we put up 41 as a team in the first they talked to ryan saunders and he said we talked this morning we made sure there weren't any lids on the basket and so that's that's I mean it's it's a joke, but at the same time, how many times have you played a basketball game where you felt like one of the rims was different? I yep. know it's not, but you're playing a game and you're saying to yourself, "Man, every shot we take just won't go in." And you're looking at this other these other teams and you're saying, "My goodness, it's just like everything falls." And that's how it, there were times where it felt that way uh, against the Nuggets, and it was nice that we were able to fix that and change things as far as this game was concerned. Yeah, and, Wolves, and, Wolves moved to six and four with a one twenty to one fourteen win. In this game, spoiling the return of Blake Griffin to the NBA. Yeah, and they did their best to try to come back. The Wolves had a nice, uh, a nice lead going towards the end. Pistons didn't want to give up. Tony Snell had some nice, uh, nice minutes. Langston in this one. Galloway off the bench. So Langston Galloway, historically, I'm I've been a big fan of his, and he, it hasn't panned out. His his career just hasn't worked out the way I think some people thought it would. I've always been a, a really big fan of him, even back when he was with the Knicks. I think he's a player that really just uh, for whatever reason, didn't take that next step. But in this game, he was really, really good. They, uh, they talked to Derrick Rose, and he said, uh, we've just got to ask the question, do we want to win? Are we going to come up and play hard or going to get spanked like this every night? We need everybody to be on the same page. We need everybody to move in a collective group. We need to figure it out. Here's the deal, Derrick. You scored six points. Settle down. Yeah, you need to figure it out. You figure it out. I, I, will, I will say having Blake Griffin back in the lineup I think helps. Yep. But for a guy like Derrick Rose who hasn't played with him, and a couple of the other guys too, it's, it might take a little bit of, of meshing with Blake. And they, uh, uh, he, Brian Saunders does talk. He said, uh, we deserve a win like this on a back-to-back. So a very quality Beautiful. game there. Moving on to the next game on the docket, we have the Wolves when they took on the San Antonio Spurs. We talk about uh, teams that are kind of a, a thorn in our paw and no one is more so that than over the years, Greg Popovich and the San Antonio Spurs. Yeah, so, first game of a five-game homestand for the Wolves, a Wednesday night game against a team that you consistently struggle with. Uh, I think it's pretty safe to say this is a new-look San Antonio Spurs team. Uh, you know, Gone are the days of, of Manu 
and Tony Parker. I mean, you know, we've seen those gone for a while. Tim they Duncan's still, have, still there, but uh, they still have Lamarcus. They still have yeah. Rudy Gay, but they don't even have Powell anymore. Uh, you know, DeRozan's solid. Bryn Forbes, Dejount Murray, Derek White. They've got some pieces. They've got some players, but it has not panned out as a team. Correct. And if you look at it, uh, Greg Popovich went deep into the bench here, seven off the bench in this game. Um, you know, the most playing 25 minutes, and that's Derek White. Uh, I think Dejount Murray is still on a minutes restriction, regardless of what anybody says. He played 22. Uh, Derek White played 25. Patty Mills played 21. So uh, between the three of them, uh, they're, they're trying to ease Dejount Murray back into it after his ACL tear last year. Uh, but Dejount had 11 points on two of six shooting in those 22 minutes. So I don't think he's all the way back. Their point guards, though, the Wolves did a good job containing them. I mean, between the three, only 26 points between the three point yep. guards that started for San Antonio. Uh, you limited everybody but LaMarcus and DeMar DeRozan, which is what you need to do Well, you say to yourself going game. into a game, if, if I can stop – like, this guy's going to get his – if I can stop everyone else, yep. that makes a big difference. And that's uh, that's how teams need to play the Spurs from now on is uh, LaMarcus and DeMar are going to get theirs, slow yep. everybody else down, and you're going to win your game. Uh, some interesting quotes from this one. Uh, afterwards, Ryan Saunders said, hey, if you haven't watched us much, these guys are fun to be around. In addition to that, Wiggins said, I feel like everybody is happy for each other. When someone does good, there's genuine love. And this goes back to the whole offseason. They talked about chemistry, bonding. They went on the trip. Uh, to the Bahamas. Yep. There's just all this stuff going on, and, and there were a lot of people that said, come on, this, is, this isn't this is a big deal. Uh, I think it was Jeff Van Gundy was one of the people that said, uh, there's only so much you can do. Chemistry is just not as important as it needs to be. Guys don't need to be friends kind of thing. Bullocks, I think it's, it's, it's panning out. But more than that, I think the biggest difference in this season, and when we get into these next few games, you'll understand why. But Andrew Wiggins, he's the man, the myth, the legend at this point. To me, running away with the most improved player award to go from the most overpaid player in the league. People called him a bum. People called him a bust. And now you're talking about all-star caliber numbers. This game was no different. 30 points on 12 of 23 shooting. Now, this uh, is a really solid win for the Wolves. You kind of get over the hump. A team that statistically, over the history, you have not been able to beat. But for the Spurs, this is their third straight loss. That's a team that just is really struggling. So can I can I mention one thing that I re- that really stuck out to me in this game, Rob? Before we move on to the next one, yeah. Overall, the bench game for the Wolves in this game was one of the best that we've seen this year. And what I mean by that is what what I've seen on a consistent basis, and I'm sure you're seeing this too, is uh, the combo of Jake Lehman or Josh Akogi or Noah Vonley you know, has a great game, but we don't see a consistent effort from the bench as a whole. In this game, we saw 18 from Teague, 16 from Lehman, seven from Vonley, six from Akogi. Uh, they contributed with uh, 20 rebounds, uh, 10 assists in this game, and they shot pretty decently well on the night overall. So I think a, a full bench effort for this team is what we need to continue what yes. we're doing, especially Agreed. in instances like we see coming up where Wiggins uh, is uh, is out or Towns is injured or suspended or what have you. Yes. Um, we need the bench to step up and more than just one guy off of the bench. Agreed. Uh, Wolves get the 129-114 win. With that game, they move to 7-4, and four, and they play against the Washington Wizards on Friday night. Uh, Rob, a, a game that from the beginning had the the feeling that was going to be a little bit of a trap game for the wolves this is a game that the wolves should win the wizards at this point are two and seven uh they're not a good team and 
Bradley Beal says, hold my beer. And he puts up 44 on 15 of 22 shooting. Now, one of five from three. We know Bradley Beal can shoot the three. He did it without the three ball tonight. A great night from Bradley Beal. But I think the bigger night, in my opinion, was Mo Wagner. Well, so Mo Wagner, first of all, if you watch this game, uh, I've never... There's always players in this league that I just dislike. He's not on that. He's on that list now. He's a flopper. I don't like the way he plays. I I have a I have a big issue with the way he played that game. I don't like that. I I just don't like flopping. There's a lot of things in the NBA I can tolerate. Flopping is not one of them. And I was a big Mo Wagner fan in college. Liked him at Michigan. Lots to like about his game. And he and he and he brought it. The guy could not miss shots. The biggest difference in this game is two things, and it was the case of the W's, Wiggins and Wagner, because. Wagner played one of the probably the greatest game he's ever going to play. 30 and 15, 4 but and 4 from 3. When you find out that day or maybe it was might have been the night before that Wiggins was going to be out, you know, uh, you know, rest in peace of course to his to grandmother. I I completely understand why he missed the game, but when you look at just on the court, he was missed. And you, it's funny, you look back when we played the Wizards earlier in the season without Towns, we destroyed them. Yep. You're missing Wiggins though, and that's it. Just we didn't have it. We didn't have it going that night. And this is what I I think the biggest thing to look at with this team when Wiggins doesn't play. If Wiggins isn't going to play, you need as many ball handlers as possible. So you can be missing Jeff Teague, you can be missing Shabazz Napier, but you can't be missing Andrew Wiggins if those two are out, and you can't be missing Andrew Wiggins if even one of those players is out. I think that's pretty important to note is that when Andrew Wiggins isn't playing, it's that much more important to have other ball handlers. Jarrett Culver's come a long way so far in this season, and I, there's a lot to like about him, but he's not there yet. He's not ready. When they had Jordan McLaughlin, uh, he played in this game, another player that just is not ready. And so that, I think that hurts us. You either have to have Wiggins and one of the ball handlers. That really makes things, you know, you play at a higher level at that point. Or if you're missing Wiggins, you got to have both those guys, and that yeah. makes the biggest difference. Covington stepped up in this game with 20 points and shot well on the night, but uh, you can definitely tell in this game that Wiggins was missed. Um, and really, again, what I just talked about with the Spurs game where we had great bench contribution, uh, Okogie was the only one off the bench in double figures. Uh, I mean, Lehman, after a great night against the Spurs, went 2 of 7 in 28 minutes. I mean, that's just... That's what you cannot have if you want this team to be successful. Towns, you know, it was his 30, uh, 24th birthday, and he was really solid in this game, 36 points. But as he pointed out, he says the second half came. We continued to not play defense. We wanted to play, and we just couldn't match them bucket for bucket. That's why the game got out of hand. And defense is an issue sometimes with this team. Yep. Now, one thing I will say, we talk, actually, we talked about this off air. When it comes to fantasy sports, sometimes luck does play a role. And I will say, on the season, the Wolves statistically, Jim Peterson brought this up in one of the games. They've been one of the best uh, three-point defending teams in terms of not allowing open shots, but we're we're like dead last in terms of percentage. Like we, yeah. the percentage we allow is huge, but it's not for a lack of defense. And I think that's something that's going to eventually change. Because if you continue to play your defense and you continue to play the way that Venterpool and Saunders and everyone within the staff wants you to play, eventually that's going to pay off. Hopefully yep. sooner than later. Yeah. A 137-116 loss for the Wolves. That drops them to 7-5. and five. And then they have to play the next night against the Houston Rockets. Uh, now, Rob, this was a game that I did not watch much of. I was on the road back sure. from Iowa City after uh, rowing the boat down there. Uh, with what was a great second half for the Gophers, yes, but not a great very first. True. 
Um, this game, though, I mean, the Wolves always seem to have trouble with the Rockets. We know this. They got better by adding Russell Westbrook. He didn't play this game, but it didn't seem to matter. Uh, James Harden obviously going off like he always does. But here's the thing. Again, we, we say like we always do. You know, Harden's going to get his. We have to limit everybody else. We cannot allow Ben McLemore and Austin Rivers to combine for 39 points. Well, but that's not even your biggest. Uh, the, the thing that really stuck out to me, uh, just as far as the guy, Chris Clemens. Chris Clemens. Now, the Wolves actually offered, uh, Doogie mentioned this over the weekend, the Wolves had actually tried to get him on a two-way deal. And he made a good point. He said, there's a reason why the guy didn't want to sign a two-way deal. He looked fantastic in this game. Five of nine from three. You know, you mentioned James Harden and Ben McLemore. That's another 12 three-pointers between those two players. Now, the shooting percentages for those two was not good. Harden, eight of 22 from three. Ben McLemore, four of 11. So we talked about uh, hoping to be able to right that ship. They did a little bit here because when Res- with Russell Westbrook out, Clint Capella out, James Harden gets his shots. Now, look across the board at the Wolves. No Andrew Wiggins, but here's the difference. They just made sure to lock down on Towns. Towns did not get those added shots. And it's because he's not necessarily a shot creator. When you think of James Harden, the way he gets his buckets and the way he gets his shots up is different. It's a very, In fact, you could argue no one else has a game like him in the NBA. And so it's easier for him to find a way over the hump when you're missing other players. It's not as easy for Towns necessarily to force feed him when they're double, triple teaming him. The other thing too is, for three quarters of this game, the Wolves were pretty competitive. It was a very close game going into the fourth, and when that fourth quarter hit, it was over. They just blew us out of the water. Uh, great, great performance in my mind from Jake Lehman, bouncing back after a yes. poor game against the Wizards. Yep. 21 points, 9 of 14 shooting, that. 5 rebounds. Covington had 17 points himself. Uh, you know the guy that... And can, I, I, can I just say, the Wolves in the last three seasons... Have, have made two super underrated signings, in my opinion. One was in the Thibodeau era, getting Taj Gibson. What he did for us for the two years that he was with the Wolves, Agreed. I think was clutch. And I think this Jake Lehman signing is phenomenal for this Wolves team. Jake Lehman is a grit and grind guy who can shoot. He does everything well. He does the little things well and consistently. Um, he's He's been a, a great guy off the bench, and when he needs to start... Uh, he obviously you know, can step up. And he played 36 minutes, which is huge. What really hurt the Wolves, um, you talk about Jake Lehman was really solid, but, and the three-point shooting helped. One guy that's one of the reasons he's up here, he just got brought, was that Kalen Martin. Kalen Martin was not good in this game. Every shot he took, you basically said to yourself, that's not going in. And I know that single game plus minus doesn't mean a whole lot. Minus 26, though? I mean, that tells you something. Jared Culver, uh, I did not think played a poor game necessarily. Uh, but he was a minus 24, and we got to talk about this. Jared Culver needs to sh- learn how to shoot a free throw. He's like 10 of 29 on the season, Ish. 1 of 4 in this game. Shaq could make half his free throws. Yep. I, I, I don't think even to, – to, to even ask for just 50%, to me, is should be a no-brainer for a wing. Can we, can we talk about Gorgie's did-not-play-coach's decision? It's weird. Gorgie Jang has been playing really well, and the guy that I have not been that impressed with the last number of games is Noel Vonley. And Gorgie Jang had been impressing me, so I don't know what the decision there was. The one thing I'll give Noel Vonley credit for, by the way, though, is eight, eight rebounds, four assists from, from our big yeah. man. I love that. If he's not contributing in the points department, he needs to be contributing somewhere else, and I'm Correct. glad that that's what he was Correct. doing. I just don't – I'm not in love with Noel Vonley. I like Noel Vonley a lot. Yep. I just don't love him. Uh, Jordan Bell played very sparingly in this game, but Five he's, minutes. he's been hurt. 
He's been yeah, hurt. He's had, he's had shoulder issues. Yeah. I think that's why he's not getting uh, as much, if any, playing time. I think once that shoulder is fully healthy, um, I think we might see him a little bit more, especially if Noah Vonley cont- continues to struggle points-wise. The player that I don't need to see anymore is Travion Graham. I'm done with him. I am absolutely done with him. I think he's garbage. I think he's a bad, bad basketball player. Can't shoot at all, but he shoots a ton of shots. If you can't shoot, don't take 10 yeah, shots. He's trying to shoot himself out of whatever now, slump he's in. When he in. drives to the hoop and he, and he goes inside, he's not that bad. He's yeah. a pretty effective finisher at the rim. Sometimes takes a little circus shot. It's effective. It goes in, but he stinks. He's a detriment to us. I have had this conversation with many people on Twitter. If he is going to play, knowing all the limitations he has on offense, he needs to be amazing on defense, and he's not. He's average at best. He hustles. Agreed. Good for him. But there's a difference between a guy that hustles and is effective, like a Dante Cunningham, a Robbie Hummel, uh, you know, the, the janitor, Brian Cardinal. Players that hustle but also make yeah. plays, I don't see it from him. I don't, no. want, him on the, I don't want him on the court anymore. No. I'm done with Travion Graham, especially with the starters. Yeah. I don't want to see it anymore. Exactly. I agree with you there. Uh, let's move ahead to the preview. Uh, now, the Wolves Jazz have gotten underway uh, as we speak, so that game is currently going on. And then it looks like we play them again. We do. Uh, so uh, we've got Wednesday, a, I believe, right? Sorry, we're in Utah tonight, and then we play them at home on Wednesday. What so a strange little home and home. Um, and then we yeah. play the Suns and the Hawks. So three games above 500 teams, and then the Atlanta Hawks. Uh, let's talk about the two with the Jazz. This is a Jazz team that I think overall got better in the offseason. They added Mike Conley, uh, Donovan he Mitchell. He started off quite bad, though. They, yeah, but I think I think you got to give him a little bit of time, but he'll step in. Um you got Donovan Mitchell, who's been killing it, as always. Rudy Gobert is consistent, and he's a defensive machine. Yep. Uh, this is a, a Jazz team that I think can, can take both of these games from the Wolves. I think because Andrew Wiggins is going to be out for at least one, if not two games, I would not be shocked if he lose them both. Yeah, he was back, but now he's ill. He's yep. got an illness. Which so. I don't know if it's the Jeff. I don't know if Jeff T gave him something. I don't know. He's got a kid now, which uh, that yep. sometimes you can get something there. Uh, it's tough to say. But either way, he's not playing. We wish him the best as far as off the court and on the court, health-wise, family-wise. There's a lot going on there, and he needs to take his time, you know, get right, and come back when he's ready. I, I have no issues there. It's funny. You look on Twitter, and people are like, what, what, where are you, Andrew? Why aren't you playing? Like, what's, you know, people are giving – some people are taking shots at him, which is ridiculous. His grandma died. Yeah. Now, he's, now he's ill. Just let him come back when he comes back. I would argue at this stage he's been the most important player on the team because – when Towns isn't playing and Wiggins is, Wiggins just the his role on this team is a little more important. I think just so. in terms of being able to facilitate. I mean, Towns is one of the best players in the NBA. I'm not he, saying he's not. It's just you can be, you can miss Towns if you have Wiggins and if you have other players available. We don't have the depth at the at the point guard or at the ball handler position. Exactly. And Wiggins is a is the the clear second guy. I yep, mean, for you sure. look at like it's it's Towns and then you take a, a tiny step, and you've got Wiggins. And then you take a pretty decent step down Correct. to get to our third player, which I think would be, what, Covington, right? Yeah, oh, for sure. So here's the thing. So when you're missing Towns, you still have a top-tier guy who can contribute. When you're missing Wiggins, now there's a, a, a huge drop-off between your one and your three. And that's where... Well, I don't know if it's fall- huge, but I, again, you but need bigger, ball but, handlers. But if you look at... 
if you look at what Towns brings to the table and what Wiggins bring to the table, they're both putting up 25-plus point nights. Mm-hmm. Towns is getting the rebounds. Wiggins, as of late, has been getting rebounds and assists. Yep. Covington it's doesn't the, Covington doesn't produce points like that yeah. and still produce the rebounds and the assists. The so ball that's handling what I'm saying by there's a massive drop off. The ball handling is the biggest thing you miss without Wiggins yep. because you have guys like Napier that are hurt or sick, Teague hurt or sick. Those are things you can't miss whereas when Towns doesn't play, Gorgie Jang stepped up. Gorgie Jang is able to score. He's a relatively good shooter and he's able to get rebounds, get blocks. He can at least do some of the things that you're getting out of towns. I mean, I get that it's like it's way less, but at least you have someone that can get some of that there without Wiggins. There's no one else that's producing like that. I think Napier being out has hurt this team more than anybody's willing to admit to. Well, I'm, I've admitted it. Napier played really well for this team early on in yep. the season. He's been out for a while with that hamstring strain. I think that's why Travion's getting as many, as many minutes as he is because we don't really have a backup point yep. guard other I mean, than, I mean, we've got Teague. I mean, they've that's tried, why Culver runs some point. They've that's tried the Wiggins G League guys. It hasn't worked. Exactly. Culver's been solid, but he's not ready. He's not going to be able to contribute like Wiggins is. And even in the games where Culver was good, Wiggins played. Yep. So uh, that's all there is so for that. So the two Jazz games, Rob, your predictions, wins, losses. I'm going to say loss, loss. I think we split. Because I think the second game, I think Wednesday, Wiggins is back. If Wiggins is back, I'm going to say it's a win. If okay. he's not, though, it's I, a loss. I think we split 1-1 one, one there. Okay. Uh, and then we've got the Suns on the 23rd. So that's what, Friday? Uh, that sounds right. Friday or Saturday? I think it's Saturday. Saturday. Saturday would be the 23rd. Uh, da, 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 da. Yep. That, yep. So, so, yeah. So the 23rd is a, is a Saturday. Yep. Uh, against the Suns? Against the Suns. They are currently 7-4. and four. Ricky Rubio currently leading the team in rebounds this and is, assists. Is that here? Uh, that is here. So I'm gonna, I'll, I'll take a win there. I'll take a win there. I think this is close, but with nobody really on this team, in my opinion, to uh, take on Towns in a sizable role. I mean, you've got Baines. You've got, you've got some guys, but I, I really don't see this being a game that anybody's going to be able to contain Towns. Uh, looking at their roster, obviously DeAndre Ayton is, uh, is suspended. So your bigs on this team, Aaron Baines, Czech Diallo, Frank Kaminsky and Dario Saric. Yep, it's not. Uh, I think Dario pretty. gets a great applause when he comes back. By the way, yeah, maybe. But uh, this is a game where Towns needs to go off. There is nobody on this team, on this Suns team, that remotely. I mean, Baines is a good player. Defensively. He's a good player, but I. He's but been really Towns good. Towns is another level. Correct. I think... I'm just saying, defensively, Aaron Baines is gonna is gonna pose some problems for Towns. Correct. But ultimately, you have to win that game. Okay. Uh, tr- uh, quick question for you. Who gets the better applause in the Suns-Wolves game? Ricky Rubio. Oh, it's, yeah, it's Ricky Rubio. Or Dario Saric. No, it's, Ricky, it's not even close. It's Ricky Rubio. You sure? Yes. All right. Yep, I don't think it's close. Uh, so you think we win that one? Yeah, I'll say we win that one. Perfect. So we go 2-1 and one in the three games. Yep, that's fair. Perfect. Uh, Wolves take on the Hawks next Monday, uh, and then the Spurs to end the month uh, next Wednesday, right before Thanksgiving. Yep, so we'll, we'll, we'll preview those games next week. Yep. So, perfect. Uh Hopefully, so then the uh, the Wolves at that point would be nine and seven, uh, going into the uh, the end of uh, November, the last week in November. So, uh, coming up, we've got our NBA talkers segment, a uh, lot to cover. Uh, we've got Can Kevin Cousy, we've got Howell Hardwood history, we've got our two K sim where we start a franchise. There's so much more coming up. Don't go anywhere. You're listening to Dash Radio's Nothing But Net channel and the Howl.
quarter two of the Howl on Dash Radio's Nothing But Net channel. This is our NBA talker segment. We've got a lot to cover. Uh, Rob's got our master list. So, Rob, what do we got first? A uh, number of topics to go over. Uh, one thing I want to start with is the power rankings from NBA.com. Uh, okay. th- they got a, a number of cool things that they go over on this, so it's uh, something to check out. And we're probably going to start doing our own uh, power rankings as well. Might be doing that from our uh, Podient website. We'll see if that actually uh, comes to fruition, but we might look to do that. So uh, they talk about uh, plus-minus players of the week. So going in the right way, LeBron James was a plus-54 in four games last week. Wrong Jeez. way, though, Cam Reddish, a minus-75 in four games last week. <laughs> so we talk about, and I can, by the way, I had Cam Reddish on one of my fantasy teams. He's not on my fantasy team anymore. Uh, teams of the week, make it last forever. Orlando 3-0. The, the Magic may have righted the ship, they say, and their 3-0 and week included a 15-point win over the Sixers, which I remember I was watching the Wolves, and down on the bottom, I'm saying to myself, how is this happening? So one rumor that I saw come across my board, and I want to get your thoughts on it, and I know, I mean, teams are obviously interested in guys, whatever, For sure. but yep. I'm, I'm seeing it come across that the Magic are interested in trying to acquire DeMar DeRozan. I saw that. I don't do you, know. What do, you, what do you think on that? I could Well, depending on what the, what the ask was and what, what they gave up, I could understand going that route. For well, the here's Spurs, the thing. it's not working, so why not make well, a change? Well, exactly. And, the, and when, the, when the Spurs lost to the Wolves, they were under 500. I don't know how they did the rest of the week. But if they continue a, a downward under 500 trend and they can get a pick from the Magic and maybe somebody else, I don't know who the Magic would give up in this trade. Maybe a guy like Fournier. Um, oh, could be, yeah, and uh, like a DJ Augustine. If you know, I mean, there's there's options there, but uh, I think that could be a piece. Bring Demar Derozan back to the East, where he can excel in a division that's gotten stronger since last year, but is still up for grabs. In all in all honesty, funny thing is, the next uh, team of the week they mentioned is something just ain't right. The San Antonio Spurs. Uh, they lost to Memphis, Minnesota, Orlando, and Portland. And those are four teams that haven't been all that great. Although, yep. obviously, Magic have, as they said, maybe righted the ship a little bit. East versus West. The West is 40-33, and 548 win percentage against the East in interconference games after going 12-9 and this last week. So, what, uh, very I'm, I'm interesting. I'm curious, and maybe this is for another, another show, I'm curious what that number's been the last couple of years. I don't know. Well, it seems like the West usually dominates. That's that's my thought, too, but I'm curious as to how lopsided the it East is. The East are very top-heavy, generally, and that's the only thing that you run into a problem with is that like the reason why it's even as close as it is is I feel like the top of the East is so strong, yeah. whereas the West is just good all throughout. Yeah, there's like three or four top teams in the East yep. versus like 10 or makes 11 a, in the West. Makes a really big difference, yep. uh, at least for my money. Uh, schedule strength through Week 4 – Toughest is Milwaukee, then Sacramento and New Orleans. Easiest, Houston, Phoenix, and Indiana. Take a guess who has the second toughest schedule the rest of the season. Uh, Timberwolves. Timberwolves do, in fact. In fact, every single season, the Wolves have one of the toughest schedules because of how much traveling they make us do because we should be in the East. We should not be a Western Conference team, and we're going to talk about that every year. It's just very common. Now, movement in the rankings. Uh, the high jumps of the week, Houston plus seven, Orlando plus six, and Sacramento plus five. Free falls of the week, San Antonio, who we talked about, went down six spots. Cleveland, five spots, and Detroit, five spots. Does it now, give Cleveland's record? Uh, it will when we get down to that spot, yes. I was going to say, because I'm curious as to how that whole experiment is working. And they talked about uh, the week before, uh, you saw uh, the Celtics jumping up. Celtics have been on fire recently. Uh, Lakers have been playing well, and the Sixers obviously not playing as well as they had been previously. So 
we'll just quick go over this, and I'll, I'll ask your thoughts uh, more. We'll, we'll go over like maybe 10 at a time, and then you can kind of tell us where you're at. Perfect. Or if, if anyone jumps off the page as I say them, feel free to jump in. So Lakers at number one at 11 and two. Celtics 10 and two at number two. You have the, the Milwaukee Bucks nine and three. The Nuggets nine and three at four, which I, I will say personally, I'm not that impressed with the Nuggets. I, I think we would have beaten them had we been at full strength. I agree. Uh, Rockets ten and three at five. Uh, they're a mixed bag for me. Uh, we'll see. Uh, Miami Heat nine and three. We beat them. Now, granted, Jimmy Butler was not there. Uh, but uh, here's here's the thing with the Miami Heat. Jimmy Butler aside, the two players on that team that I'm happily surprised with, Tyler Hero is playing really well. And Kendrick Nunn. I just picked up Kendrick Nunn in fantasy, uh, so I would have to agree. My goodness. Uh, I don't think anybody thought that he was going to produce at the level that he is. Uh, watching both of them in the home opener against the Wolves, I was very happily impressed. That that ranking does not surprise me, especially if those two continue the path that they're on. Agreed. Uh, next up, you have the Clippers at 8-5. and five. Utah Jazz, 8-4. and four. Clippers, by the way, they continue to piss people off with holding players out yep. for load management. So there's that. The Raptors eight and four at nine, and the Suns tenth at seven and four. Who would have thought this early into the season the the Suns would be a, a top ten power ranking team? I would especially say that, at, especially after that draft. That changes quickly as this week they're taking on the Celtics. Uh, they're take they're at Sacramento, which that's not going to be an easy game. No, nope. you have against the Pelicans, which given all their injuries, I think that's that's a pretty easy win for the most part, and it's in Phoenix. But then at Minnesota and at Denver, they'll be lucky to win. One or two games. I think so. And They're going to drop pretty I think, quickly. I think early they won with DeAndre Ayton, and now I think it's uh, yep. it's slowly coming he back down to earth. up, though. So. Yep. Uh, Sixers next at 8-5 and five at 11. Mavericks 7-5 and five are 12th. We are 13th at 7-6. and six. I will say, I think when we're healthy, we this season anyways, we've played like a top 10 team. So being at 13, I'm very, I'm very I'm, happy I'm with that. I'm super happy with it. If you finish the, the, the week, like we talked about 9-7, and seven, we'll probably still be right around this spot, I would guess. Fourteenth, uh, you have the Pacers at seven and six. The Magic six and seven at fifteen. How about that? Such a good week. And people need to understand this. Power rankings are about what have you done for me lately. So if you have a really strong, you know, stretch of games, you might still be pretty high on the power rankings, even if you haven't had a great season. So keep yep. that in mind anytime you're looking at power rankings. Next up, the Thunder at five and seven. Seventeen, you have the Portland Trailblazers five and eight. Eighteen, you have Sacramento Kings at five and seven. And honestly, at this point, you're getting into teams that just don't matter that much. The Nets at 5-7, and seven, and the Spurs round out the top 20 at 5-8. and eight. And we talked about how poorly they're playing. So for them to be at number 20 tells you how bad tells you how bad the rest of these teams have Jeez. been. 21 is the Pelicans. 22 is the Hornets. Uh, both those teams, 4-9 uh, for the Pelicans, 6-7 and seven for the Hornets. Hornets are making a run. I mean, that's to be at 6-7, and seven, uh, that's a team I expected to do pretty much nothing. Yep. And for anyone that didn't see it, uh, when they beat the Pistons, there was a I saw a, it was a, a picture of Blake Griffin who had this look on his face, and I think the caption was something along the lines of, "I don't want to be here." I don't blame him. Next up, uh, the Pistons at four and nine. You know, you know who would look really good in uh, Minnesota yeah, Blue. Believe me, I, I would kill for that. Or Andre Drummond. Uh, no, because he's a center. And would you I rather go Blake? At Blake? I would rather have Blake. Okay. I would. Uh, I get Drummond. Like if they offered, if they wanted to give Oof. me Drummond. 
He's but such he, a good rebounder. Well, and, that's the thing. Move Cat to the four. I don't. Uh, that'd be filthy. Yeah, it'd be interesting, but it doesn't really fit what we're doing. Want to be smaller? No, I understand. And and Andre Drummond's just not a modern. Blake doesn't even fit that profile. In my well, opinion. I would say that Blake does because he is. He's athletic, which is what we like. He's able to hit threes, which we obviously like. There's things that you'd really like. And he can create. For a That's four, true. he can That's create. That's true. No, I get that. So I'd take him. Uh, 25, uh, 5 and 8 Grizzlies. Uh, that's, a, that's a team that uh, give them some time this season to really mesh. But the combo of Triple J and John Morant is going to yep. be scary for years to Tie come. Tie us off the bench. There's a lot to like there. Yep. Uh, Wizards next up, 26 at 3 and 8. Bulls 4 and 9 at 27. I've been very surprised at how bad the Bulls are. I was very wrong about the Bulls. I said in our season preview that they were going to be a, a 7 or 8 seed in the playoffs. They what did not hurts, look like First of all, I don't, Kobe White is so overhyped. And a lot of it's by Wolves fans who are like, oh, we should have taken him. Calm down. He's not that good. He's shot horribly. Still better than Chris Dunn. Zach Levine, all those people that wanted us to keep Levine over uh, Andrew Wiggins, show yourselves now because you're a fraud. He's, his defense is bad as it gets. And he's never – I just – at this point, I've completely given up on Zach Levine ever being a defender. So how much of this do you think is the players and not Jim Boylan? Because well, I think Boylan's more part of it, than but, the players. But the, 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 the no defense thing, that's on Levine. He sucked here, too. Yeah, that's I mean, true. just a bad defender. Uh, Hawks at 4, 9, or 28th. That's another team that's very surprising to me. Yeah. I mean, I mean that's, they're, they're a young team, they'll so pick you're going to get though. a little bit of it. Yeah, they'll pick it up, but that's very surprising this early on. New York Knicks, uh, 29th, and, of course, uh, the Warriors, 30th. When you have as many injuries as you have, uh, this is what happens. And also, this is a lesson to those of you out there. Don't choose your team based on the weather, D'Angelo Russell. Because for anyone that didn't see that, he said that was the biggest yeah. reason he chose them. Well, good luck. Surprise, surprise. The team that was the most dominant the last three or four years loses the superstar. Another one goes down injured. Another one goes down injured. They're going to be the worst team in the league with the best odds. The yep. NBA is going to give them the number one overall pick. They're going to trade D'Angelo Russell at the deadline to the Timberwolves. And here we are. They're going to have a number one overall pick. And then maybe another 14, 15, 16th overall. They're going to let... Uh, uh, Draymond Green walk. They're going to draft James Wiseman with the number one overall pick. They're going to have a big man to go with Curry and Clay, and they're going to be just fine. Surprise, surprise. Correct. I, I think uh, the, you know, the future is going <laughs> mean, to be bright for them. It's 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 written in, it's written in stone right now already for the Warriors. It feels that way. I'm gonna I'm gonna agree. Now let's move on to uh, the next uh, thing I want to talk about here. Uh, this is from uh, CBSSports.com. Is Andre Drummond a max player? And I think this is perfect segue given what we were just talking yeah. about. I am a big Andre Drummond fan. He's not exactly a modern big man. We'll say that. But they talk about how he's one of the best rebounders we've ever seen since Dennis Rodman. I agree with that statement. Now, I will say Kevin loves with the Timberwolves. That guy could board. But here's the thing. That guy could board. But here's, the, here's my thing with Kevin Love. Kevin Love, uh, I think there was a little stat padding on his end. I mean, maybe a little, but it, when you get 30 and 30, I mean, come on. I understand, on. but Drummond, Drummond did it more consistently for a longer period of time. Correct, although you would argue, wouldn't you argue the same thing? He's on a bad team, and he's in the East. A lot of what you're saying is the same thing you could say about Kevin Love, difference being Kevin Love played against a better competition. And I would argue he has a worse team. He had worse teams. So it was probably tougher to do it for him in some cases, at least from the rebounding aspect. From the shooting aspect, it's tough. To, I mean, great, and he put up some great numbers, but that, I think, when you're on a bad team and, and you're getting points, that's easier than rebounds. Rebounds is tougher, I think. Who's, who's the better defender? Between Kevin Love and Drummond? Yeah. Oh, Drummond, for sure. Yeah. Kevin Love's not a good defender. 
so that's to me, it's not a big. I mean, he's a good blocker. Not not Kevin Love, but uh, Andre Drummond. Better shot blocker. I like Andre Drummond. There's a lot to like about his game. He's still young. What is he? Twenty five. Yeah, he's a young, he's he's a young dude. Surprisingly, so he's one of those guys that is very very intriguing. Uh, but I, I encourage people to take a look. Uh, the article's by Brad Botkin. I don't want to ruin it for anyone that hasn't had a chance to read it yet, but just that question on its own, is Andre Drummond a max player? What are your thoughts? I I, ugh, I struggle with this. I don't, I don't know that he is. I think depending on the team and the situation, yes. Like Think about this. Was Dennis Rodman a max player? No. We're in a different time, though, too. There was this whole max player thing Correct. back at that time I get that, frame. But, but I mean, my point is, okay, if you brought now, again, that's tough though, because if you look at it, um, would you pay Dennis Rodman max money if he was in the league now? My, I would that's, say prob- that's, that's probably one yes. of the better questions. I would ask. say so. And I, I would say that's a good question. I would probably not, because if you think about it, God, he's such a good defender though. And such a good rebounder. That's see, and that's the thing. And Andre Drummond, I, I agree with the comparison of him being one of the best rebounders we've seen since Rodman. Yep. Um, for me, a guy that can consistently, not just on the defensive rebound side, but on the offensive rebound side, get you the ball back and give you your opportunities. I think with the way that the game is moving, you need a guy that can do that. Not just on the defensive side of the floor, but on the offensive side. So here's, here's some uh, kind of some behind the scenes stuff. So they talked to a, uh, a CBS Sports, talked to a scout. And again, I don't want to give away the, I don't want to give a lot of stuff away here, but just a couple tidbits yeah. here. I'll tell you this. I know for a fact there are teams that will absolutely not. He's not worth a max. He's, some people say that. But if he had to bet, is someone going to offer it to him? Yes, somebody will. And he says Atlanta is the team I keep hearing. It makes some sense. They have a ton of money coming up. But, of course, like he mentions, it's all talk. That would be very intriguing to me. If you look at that, so you're talking, what, Trey Young? My, my only issue there is, um, or not, sorry, not issue. My, my one thing I really want to, would love to see is John Collins with Andre Drummond paired together. Well, and here's the thing. You look at that starting five, Trey Young, uh, DeAndre Hunter, Cam Reddish, John Collins, and Andre Drummond. That's a filthy starting five. All, Kevin Herter off I'm, the bench. I'm there for that, man. I mean, that's... And the that, Pistons, I think they need to, sooner than later, probably just embrace a rebuild. Yes. Part of that's going to be uh, you need to get Reggie Jackson off your books. Blake Griffin off the books. Yep. But, the, but I think a, re, a rebuild is probably what they ultimately need to But here's to have, the issue. Here's happen. my only issue with Detroit is when you're in a rebuild, you need somebody to build around. Well, we talk about young pieces, though. You've <laughs> I mean, got Luke Kennard, who looks very, very good. Uh, they drafted Kyrie Thomas is another player that's interesting. Seku is a raw prospect. Very like, much so. But that's the thing. But, like, the name Luke Kennard isn't a sexy rebuild name to me. It doesn't need to be, though. You, when you're, especially if you're, if you're really now – like, you're not embracing it yet. So you need your team to bottom out. And you bottom out with productive young players that are going to be able to contribute so that when you add those major pieces to your team – But when was, the last have, time, when was the last time in the NBA we had a rebuild without a sexy name as the rebuilding cornerstone? But you're not there yet. That's the thing. You're going to have to trade players to get that. You're going to trade Blake Griffin. Like, think about this. Let's say you're the, the Detroit Pistons, and the Wolves call, and you say, what's it going to take to get Blake Griffin? Let's, this is a good thought. I think it's a good thought exercise. So if you're the Wolves, what would you give up to get Blake Griffin? So it starts, I think it starts and stops with Jared Culver. Absolutely. 100%. He's right there. That's a, I mean, to me, that's a pretty sexy name. 
Now, is it? It's not John Morant, but you're not getting John Morant. No, you, you're getting someone from that next tier. But it's also not enough. Now, well, obviously, not. no, it doesn't start. Obviously. But if you're talking, if if someone, if we called and said, "Here, we're going to start it with Jarrett Culver and an unprotected first, What else is it going to take? And now, what are they going to ask for? They're probably going to ask for Josh Okogie. I don't think the Wolves do that. I don't think the Wolves are going to throw him in as well. No. Now, if the Detroit Pistons called and said, "We want two unprotected firsts." And we want one of Josh Akogi and Jarrett Culver. Would you do? Would you do that? Yeah, and I'd give up Akogi before Culver. You would. Yeah, man, I just don't know about that. The reason why is because Josh Akogi has something you just cannot teach. That fire that he plays with. I, I understand. And and his but the, goal, but the, but the possibility of keeping Culver and watching him develop into the player that he can be to go alongside Wiggins. But I don't think they do it. I, if you're being honest, though, I don't think the Pistons I think they. Do it. I think the Pistons would want Culver. And so if if it's if it's the difference, and if that's and if that's the case, that's fine. Because like you said, I like a Kogi. It's nothing against a Kogi. But if the Pistons are giving us the option and saying a Kogi or Culver, I'm sorry, a Kogi's the first one in my books out. I'll say this: gun to my head, if I had to say, if I if if someone told me, gun to my head, who is going to be the better player when all it's when it's all said and done between Josh Kogi and Jared Culver? I do lean Josh Kogi, because when a guy comes out and says. My goal is to be the best two-way player in the NBA. Now think about how lofty that is, because that's Kawhi, that's Kawhi Leonard, that's LeBron James, uh, and just in terms of guys that are so productive on both ends. And for now, granted, anyone can say anything. He could come out and say, "I'm going to be a dragon." Well, you're not going to be a dragon. Can we just can we just morph a Kogi and Culver into one player? I mean, if they were one player, that'd be huge. That'd I mean, be it would perfect. Make a huge difference. <laughs> it'd be awesome. Yeah, I mean, I'm mean, all for it. All for it for sure. So that's to me, it's intriguing players to watch. Definitely the Pistons. But, uh, to answer the initial question that we've kind of circled the drain on, Andre Drummond is a max player on he, the right team. Someone's going to pay him for sure. I think Whether he deserves he, it. I'm I'm right there. I'm 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 close. So if, it doesn't bother me if a team offers it to him. But the right team's got to be the team to do it. Agree. So that's where we're at. Uh, NBA draft stock watch. James Wiseman. Number one overall pick for the, from for the NBA. Golden State Warriors. From NBA.com. They talk about risers and fallers. And uh, James Wiseman, right now, they have him as probably the number one overall pick. And you know what I love about that? Everything. First of all, I love James Wiseman. Great player. Really deserves everything. Obviously, there's the issues going on behind the scenes with the NCAA, and they're trying but to I don't screw a guy over. Fault what, whatsoever. Not at all his fault. It's absolutely absurd. The NCAA is a joke of a, an organization. I wish a billionaire would come on. I wish somebody would just have with a bunch of money just came in and said, "I'm going to pay. I'm going to start up my own. I'm going to start up, use all my money. I'm going to start up my own thing. I'm going to pay players. We're going to get this worked out. It's not all about making money. It's about the players, and yep. that's what it should be, and it never will be under the NCAA. Correct. Uh, so here's my question for you. Cole Anthony, we've seen him early on with North Carolina. Uh, he's, I think he's playing pretty darn well. Obviously I think he's going to be, I think he's going to be a top three pick in the NBA draft this season. I think he's coming out. It's, it's basically in writing. If 2k 20 tells us anything, uh, would you want the wolves? What would you prefer the wolves making the playoffs or the wolves having a shot at Cole Anthony? I want him to make the playoffs because you need to you need to at a certain point you need success. You need to build off success and the biggest thing about this, last this year wasn't a success. Up, yeah, but the big thing that's why you have to have success to then build off of it. And so you're already taking the steps in the right direction. Uh, if you're if you're Carl uh, Anthony Towns, you want to win basketball games. That's the penultimate goal for your team is to win basketball games. 
And so to me, I want to make the playoffs. And the reason why is because this de- this draft is so deep at point guard. Just to go over, you know, some other names. Obviously, Lamelo Ball's coming out. He's been there's been talk that some people think he's the best player in the draft. I don't know if I'd go that far, but I'm a huge Lamelo Ball fan. That's one name. We talk about Cole Anthony. There's some international prospects. Uh, uh, Yam Madar is an interesting player to watch. There's a lot of depth at the point guard position, which is why you can afford to make the playoffs, finish the season, and maybe have like a sixteen, like a sixteen to twenty-three somewhere in that range pick, and you're going to get a good point guard. You are, and you just are. Okay. And so to me, that's worth it. And on top of that, if you get to that point where you say, "All right, we really want to get that next tier player." Maybe you find a way to move into that top ten, but if you, I just think to me it's worth it to make the playoffs. All right, so I'm that's where that. that's where I'm at with that. But so uh, player to watch definitely James Wiseman. Um, uh, an interesting from the BigLead.com, they say there are obvious and alarming reasons why NBA ratings are off to such a bad start. You know, I, now I have not had a chance to really go in depth on this article, but just the headline itself. Uh, one thing we definitely have to talk about is players sitting out of nationally televised games. Yes, this is a huge issue. I and it, I, I just don't know what the NBA is necessarily going to do about it. I know they find the Clippers were fine because they, Doc Rivers they, came out. They and, don't care. I, they probably don't. Ultimately, I agree, but I, I just think it's an issue. I do think it's an issue that when when nationally televised games come around and we don't have any of the big name players playing. That's a mis- that's an issue, and that's one of the reasons why you're going to see ratings decline until that gets taken care of. Because if you're going, if I'm sitting here, let's say it's a Tuesday night, TNT night, we're getting uh, there's going to be a couple big games on, and you're telling me like uh, just as an example, let's say uh, before the game turns on, and someone tells me, oh, LeBron's not playing, and you're also not going to see Kawhi Leonard. I'm gonna be like, well, I'm not watching that game then. I don't, I, or you know, or Anthony Davis is sitting out. Like, I'm not going to watch those games. They just don't have the appeal exactly. at that point when the superstars aren't going to be in the games. And, and so I think that's a huge thing. Now, there's a reason why the playoffs are the playoffs, though, because you're getting all the big-name players. I do understand to a point why it's important for load management. But, man, nationally televised games should be the exception. And here's the thing. If they're not going to find a way to, to fix this, then what you need to do is you need to have other teams that you know are going to have superstars playing play in these games. The Wolves should have more nationally televised games. I mean, but we're not because we're a medium market. But my point, yeah, but you're going to get. Think I, about. I, I think know about, where you're coming from, but that's the thing is, as as much as Towns and Wiggins are are excelling this season, uh, we're a medium market. They're not household names. But, well, first of all, yes, it's Carl not, Anthony it's Towns not right. is, is an is it, a household name in Minnesota and no Midwest, everywhere. In, Carl Towns is very well known, especially with his ties to two K. I mean, the guy makes himself known. He's out there all the time. I understand that, but he's not more well known than Kawhi. But Paul that's George. not what we're talking about. We're talking about if you know these guys aren't going to be playing in big name games, then you got to figure a way out. Maybe you flex. Maybe there's a flex system in place where it says, "Look, if you're not going to play guys, then we're going to play a different game." Because here's the thing: I don't care. A good example would be uh, you have uh, ESPN. Here's a great example. ESPN. Did you see this recently? They talked about how LeBron James's child, his high school team, is going to be. Uh, they're going to air like fifth, four, fourteen games, or more something games like that. than almost any NBA team. Yeah. And so part of it is you just decide at a certain point, like who, what would someone rather watch LeBron James Jr. or the Charlotte Hornets? And in that case, of course it's LeBron James Jr. I'm going to tune in to watch some of those games. I think it's going to be tons of fun to watch, 
But if you're telling me, would I rather watch the Clippers without their two superstars or a fully intact Wolves team? Uh, to me, it's a no-brainer. Uh, or look at look at other teams. Who would you rather watch? The Lakers missing LeBron and Anthony Davis or Trey Young and the Hawks? It's Trey Young and the Hawks Hands all down. day long. And so that's all my point is maybe they find a way to have some sort of a flex system similar to what the NFL does. Now, again, the NFL has very few games. They don't have load management. That's not a thing. But or my point some, is being put, flex. Put some kind of process in place where if it's a nationally televised game, a player cannot sit out for load management purposes. Something, or there's got to be... But the thing with that is that teams are going to find a way to circumvent it. The punishment has to be real. Yes, and That's, severe. Yes. It can't just be, oh, no big deal. You know what I mean? It has to be a real punishment that actually affects players and affects teams. And until that happens, we are going to see these ratings continue to decline. I think it's going to be a big part of it. Now, I want to move on here. Um, Washington Post just released this uh, by Ben Golliver, and this is the top 100 players for the 2019-2020 oh season. I have not clicked on it yet, or I haven't looked at it yet. Uh, where, where are we thinking? Uh, Towns, if we're being honest, I think Towns should be a top 10 player. Yes. Top 15 at the least. Andrew Wiggins needs, now, the way he's playing right but now. But see, here's the thing. It's the East Coast media bias. I think Towns is closer to 15 than But he 10. should be 10 to 15. He should be. Yeah. Ag- agreed completely. But with this bias, he's closer to 15 than Andrew 10. Wiggins. I think the way he's playing right now is a top 40 player uh, going into the season. I think even better than that. He's an all-star candidate already. I, I agree. I agree. Um, but going into the season, I, again, I don't know where they actually started this. Um, looking at, um, they say, uh, here, let's go over this. They say, among the factors considered, last year's performance, current health, injury history, age, consistency, contributions to winning, ability to make teammates better, postseason performance, and offensive and defensive impact. Rocco is higher than Wiggins. So they... They say salary, expected earning power, and projected growth or decline beyond the 1920 season were not considered. Rocco is ahead of Wiggins. They say all rookies, maybe. Oh, they say all rookies, most notably Zion Williamson, were excluded. So rookies are not even in this, which is kind of goofy to me. Uh, so too were veterans with severe ongoing injuries that are going to cost them the whole season, such as KD and John Wall. Makes sense. That's good. All right, so uh, rankings were set on October 21st. So this would have been prior to the season. Yeah, so Rocco's ahead of Wiggins. Wiggins is like 70. So Kawhi Leonard's number one. Uh, Steph Curry is number three, which that would change now because they do say injuries are taken into account. Six and seven are Jokic and Embiid. Again, I I think, first of all, Jokic has had a bad season. So, but it's before the season, but even take that into account. uh, Towns is a better player than both of them. To me, it's, it is what it is. In fact, Anthony Davis, how Anthony Davis is behind those two, those two schlubs, I don't get it. I only say schlubs because I don't like them. Well, partially, I think, because of the time that Anthony Davis missed last year. I don't think that helps. Well, Joel Embiid. No one misses more time than that guy. That's true. And, I mean, freaking Jokic, I don't know what he's doing, but it ain't, it ain't treadmill. I'll tell you that much. He ain't running. Uh, Carl Towns, by the way, is 15th. How do you put Jimmy Butler ahead of Towns? That's bogus. I told you. Bogus. East Coast bias. Towns is going to be closer to 15 than Actually, 10. Draymond Green is higher than Towns. That is absurd. <laughs> this thing can automatically um, get thrown Rudy Gobert is higher than Towns. Ridic- there's too much of an emphasis clearly on defense. Obviously there's not because Jokic is high on the list. Yeah, but he, he's the assists and how he helps his teammates. This is such a joke of a list already. Um, um, let's see. Who else? Uh, uh, LaMarcus Aldridge at 18 I don't agree with. Ben Simmons should be in front of LaMarcus Aldridge, I would argue. Um, Chris Paul at 21 is too high. That's a joke. Al Horford at twenty four. That I don't. I just that's too high to me. 
Luca at 28 is probably too low. I think he should be a little higher. But I, think so. but I have no problem with him being there. One Chris se- Middleton at 26, I don't get that. I like Chris he Middleton. Played, he played incredibly well last year. I, that's too high to me, though. Um, some other names that jump off the pit. Clint Capella at 32. Okay, I guess. I don't know. Like Drummond's 35. Aaron Fox, 36. Is that Kevin Love? No, Kevin Love's not. Oh, yeah, down here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 40th. Jesus. I mean that's I, I think that's I think that's pretty fair. Um, Victor Oladipo being on this list is kind of troubling to me this high up because with, of his injury. Same with Kristaps. Yeah, Kristaps didn't play last year. I don't get that. Um, Devin did, Booker shouldn't be thirty ninth. Neil Gallinari ahead of Jamal Murray. I don't like Devin Booker, but he should be higher than thirty ninth. I think this list is a joke. Uh, a lot of things that don't. Uh, Stephen Adams is forty five. They've been trying to get rid of that guy for a while now because they don't like his contract. But he's gonna. We're gonna tell me he's top fifty in the NBA. Uh, now we'll skip. We'll just kind of skip down here. Uh, D'Angelo Russell's fifty-four. That's too low. He yep. should be higher. Um, Trey Young at fifty-eight definitely should be ahead of some of these other guys on this list. Clay. I don't know how Clay Thompson's on this list. They didn't take into account his injury. That's gonna be season-ending. He's not playing. I don't get that. I, so that's another thing. Why? Why are only some players held to that standard? That's that's very strange to me. Covington seventieth. That's pretty fair. Zach Levine at seventy-two. Uh, I, I guess that. Sure. I guess that's fair. Andrew Wiggins is 79. Uh, let's see what they – oh, they so they actually have something. So here, this is what they say. Plenty of uh, knowledgeable basketball folks have already given up on Wiggins, which, again, that's exactly why I say he should be most improved. Uh, former number one pick, a bloated contract, more than his fair share of bad habits. He floats in and out of games, settles for low-percentage shots too often. He has displayed little aptitude when it comes to setting up his teammates, and he doesn't get to the rim of the line nearly often enough for some with his physical tools. So every one of these things has now been proven false. I, the yeah. narrative was fair, but now it's gone. Correct. He's doing every one of these things. Um, still, Wiggins' development track in Minnesota hasn't been ideal. Still has a chance to shake off his critics if he can extend his shooting range and display an improved commitment to quality shot selection and defensive engagement. He's done all of those things. Yep. Defense, I, I want more it's from better. him there, but it's better. It's better. It is better. Uh, looking at the rest of the list, just to see if anyone else jumps off the page. Uh, Rubio's 89. I'll take that. I'm, I'm, I'm always going to be a Rubio, both, so that's, that's fair. Uh, number 100. Oh, Jeff Teague, 98. Four players in the top hundo. We'll take that. Who is, who's Mr. Irrelevant? Uh, Marvin Bagley the third. So there you have it. Um, I think that's probably a good place to end uh, this week's talkers. So uh, yeah. let's, let's uh, send it off, Kev. Perfect. Yeah, coming up on halftime. In the third quarter, we've got our 2K all-day segment. Uh, we fantasy draft with two new franchises. Uh, some great names that you're not going to want to miss there. And then we end it with Ken Kevin Cousy and the Howell Hardwood History. You're listening to Dash Radio's Nothing But Net channel. This is The Howell. <laughs>